Today's scripture reading is the 26th Psalm. It's important to remember that the Psalms are mostly people talking to, praying to God. And even though the Psalms were written centuries ago, they were written by people who had strengths and had shortcomings not so different from you and me. Listen now for the word of God in Psalm 26. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners or my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are full of evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation, I will bless the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. The beginning of Psalm 26 sounds like the prayer of an audaciously self-righteous person. Vindicate me. I've walked in my integrity. I trusted without wavering. Prove me, Lord. Test me. Who in the right mind says, Lord, test me, judge me, tell me what you think? Do you do that? Psalm 26 sounds like the prayer of an accused person under indictment for some specific crime. But it also applies to anyone who feels judged or rejected by the community. If the judge asked the writer of Psalm 26, How do you plead? he would certainly say, Not guilty. He was not claiming to be perfect, innocent of all wrongdoing, but not guilty of what he had been charged with. Have you ever been accused, judged, sentenced in some way, even though you're absolutely sure that in a fair trial you would have not just been found not guilty, but absolutely innocent? Have you ever wished there were a fair and honest judge who would hear your case so that your accusers and you could hear that verdict loud and clear? Not guilty. Well, I know I have <laughs> several times. There's one fellow that fussed at me over and over and over in angry emails. I got angry and angry until finally I wrote to him. I said, Dennis, you may not be aware that I am legally blind, so sometimes I miss seeing details, especially on the computer. 
I'm sorry I didn't see your question. Please tell me again. Well, he didn't ever apologize or anything, but he did repeat his question that he was so mad I hadn't answered. And we worked things out and moved on. Another friend I had had heard from a third person that I had said something really insulting about him. And it, it didn't just hurt his feelings, he was mad. Well, I talked to him about it and I reminded him, we've known each other for decades, ages. I see, you never heard me say something like that. And certainly not about you. Well, when I, I did tell him who had said it. And he said, well, that does sound like something she would say. <laughs> I never quite felt completely forgiven, but at least uh, yeah, I was off the hook a bit. Now, somebody told me recently that she wants to know, she wants to know the what, the when, the where, the why, without a whole lot of fancy words and beating around the bush. So let's consider. What is being prayed in Psalm 26? When is this kind of prayer ever prayed? And what's all this talk in there about integrity? What was being prayed? Well, those first couple of verses ask God to judge the psalmist, vindicate him, uphold his cause. You see, God is the judge who knows not just the tangible evidence that can be seen in court. God knows what's deep down, deep down in our mind, deep down in our heart. Now, the ninth and 10th verses ask God to not sweep away the psalmist with the bloodthirsty sinners. And verse 11 says, God, be gracious to me. So we know what's being prayed for, vindication and grace. But when is this kind of prayer prayed? Well, you might say that King David prayed this way. Ooh, that was way back in Old Testament days. What Christian would pray this kind of prayer? Well, I'll tell you. In the 22nd and 23rd through the 23rd Psalms of, of chapters of the book of Acts, we read that the Apostle Paul was got to be lynched for preaching the gospel. He'd been arrested in Jerusalem, but he asked to talk to the people, and things went along pretty well. He told his conversion story until we read, to this point, they listened to him, but then they shouted, Oh, way he was such a fellow from the earth, where he should not be allowed to live. And while they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and tossing dust into the air, the tribune directed that Paul was to be brought into the barracks and ordered him to be examined by flogging to find out the reason for this outcry against him. Don't you think they'd at least ask the questions, well, were they flogged? But no. Well, but when they had tied him up with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, is it legal? For you to flog a Roman citizen who is not condemned? When the centurion heard it, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do? This man's a Roman citizen. The tribune came and asked Paul, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? He said, Yes. And the tribune said, Well, it cost me a bunch of money, a, sum, a large sum of money to, to get my citizenship. And Paul said, But I was born a citizen. Immediately those who were about to examine him, drew back from him, and the tribune who was also afraid, for he realized Paul's a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. So Paul gets to address the council, and he says, 
Brothers, up to this day, I've lived my life with a clear conscience before God. With his life on the line, Paul said what sounds a whole lot like the start of Psalm 26. Vindicate me, O Lord, I've walked in my integrity, trusting in the Lord without wavering. So we know at least one Christian who's prayed this kind of prayer. And then, what's this business of integrity? Psalm 26 does not use the word righteous, but that's what it amounts to. This integrity is a devotion to the Lord that governs all of life. You know, one of our Sunday school teachers, Wesley McGee, has often said, Christianity is not coming in and sitting down on the pew and then leaving your religion sitting on the pew when you go out into the world. Christianity is taking your Christianity with you all the time, wherever you are. This devotion to the Lord that governs all of life includes unwavering trust, mentioned in the first verse, and living in the light of the Lord's steadfast love and faithfulness. Now, one lesson we can learn from the book of Psalms is that we can talk with God about anything. Whatever we are thinking, whatever we are feeling, there's no need to censor. When you talk to a friend, you have to say, now, what's she going to think about this? Or will she think less of me if I tell her about it? But you don't have to do that with God. God knows you already. You can talk to God about anything. And frankly, you don't have to tidy up your prayers. What we need to do in prayer is to be frank and honest with our maker. Now there's a, there's a Berea tradition we have of ending each service with that first verse of a particular hymn. But I'll tell you, the second verse speaks to our need to be completely honest with God in our prayers. It says, before our Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayers, our fears, our hopes, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. The first verse of this psalm starts with walking in integrity. And the last verse says the psalmist is standing on level ground. But those are not the only body metaphors here. Like I say, these walks in integrity and faithfulness, ask God to test his heart, does not sit with the wicked, washes his hands in innocence, is not like those whose hands are full of evil, and he has his feet planted on level ground. So let me ask you a few questions. Are you walking in integrity, not of double mind. You know, I'm a Christian sometimes, and I'm a businessman or a professional person at other times, and those are two different, as though those are two different things. Are you walking in integrity? Are you standing on level ground? Or to put it, to put it another way, if being a Christian were declared to be a crime, a serious crime, a felony, is there enough evidence to convict you or is the jury still out? Thanks be to God.